Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have tuned in today as we're going to pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, beginning in this part of the chapter, going all the way through even chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul is addressing some of these complaints or some of these uh, accusations against him because his plans to come to Corinth had changed from what he had previously written and we noticed in 1 Corinthians 16. And so in verse 12, going all the way down through chapter 2 and verse 4, he is defending himself, uh, defending his character, and also kind of informing them on why those particular plans changed. So we'll start there in verse 12. He says, For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. What he's saying here, in essence, is we haven't done anything wrong. He says, this is our boast, the testimony of our conscience, that we have behaved in a world with simplicity and godly sincerity. He's saying, as far as we are concerned, we have done everything correctly. We have, even as he says at the end of the verse, they haven't behaved with earthly wisdom, but by grace of God and supremely so toward you. He's saying we have lived a holy life in every, every aspect and with every relationship that we have had with anyone, but especially towards you. But these people, again, at least some, as he's going to explain in the next couple of verses, who perhaps didn't know Paul as well, or whatever the case may be, they were slandering him and accusing him of, of being fickle, accusing him of going back and forth about whether or not he was going to come and see them, which he addresses later around verse 17. So as he's opening this, he reminds them that he has not done anything wrong and that he, as well as those with him, have led a holy life again towards everyone, but especially towards the Corinthians. Then in verse 13, he says, For we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus you will boast of us as we will boast of you. So kind of going back and, and breaking down what he's saying here, verse 13, for we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand. Now that would be a reference back to 1 Corinthians 16. He's saying what we're writing here and what we're saying here is no different than what we said in that first letter. He says we're not going back and forth. We're not changing our minds. It's the same. And he says, I hope you will fully understand just as you did partially understand us. And I think that's, that's the reference that he is making to the fact that some people in Corinth understood what Paul was saying. That his plans perhaps were not set in stone, they were not definite, 
but that he wanted to come to them. And even as he talked about in 1 Corinthians 16, he was making those plans, keeping the will of God in mind. So he knew and he understood that perhaps he would not be able to go there uh, in the time frame that, that perhaps he wanted to be there. And those in Corinth that knew Paul, those that in Corinth that understood what he had written, they knew his character, understood what he meant by that whenever he wrote it. But again, those, those people there, whether there were few or many, we're not sure, uh, had misunderstood what Paul was saying. And so he's saying, here we have it. We're not saying anything different. But we're trying to help everyone else understand what, we're, what we were trying to say and understand the plans that we had, had made. And I think that this is, is, is really important. You know, we noticed it in 1 Corinthians as well. Sometimes as Christians, we, of course, we are commanded to practice meekness. We are, and as we often define that, as strength under control. But that doesn't always mean that we should let people accuse us of, of wrongdoing when we have done nothing wrong. Of course, we need to address it properly. We need to handle it with meekness and with fear and with humility and with respect. But that doesn't mean that, that we should just let people walk over us and accuse us of doing something that was wrong. And I think Paul, in both of these letters, uh, gives us that, that example. And keep in mind, these things were inspired by God for Paul to write. So clearly it is acceptable to God for us to, if done properly, again, to give that defense of ourselves when perhaps people are, are saying things and claiming things against us that are not true. So here again, verses 13 and 14, he is saying that they haven't said or done anything differently than what they had originally written. And then at the end of verse 14, he says that on the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us as we will boast of you. Talking about their character and their the way that they lived. He's writing these things to help them fully understand so that on that day when they stand before God, they can both, in essence, I guess you could say, vouch for one another. Paul could, could vouch for the righteousness of the Corinthians, and the Corinthians could vouch for the righteousness even of Paul. And then in verse 15, continuing on, because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first, that you might have a second experience of grace. Now, that word grace means favor, and what he's talking about here is, of course, the fact that his, and he's not saying this to be arrogant in any, in any fashion, but what he is saying is that his presence there would be beneficial to them. Uh, to help continue to teach them, perhaps even to impart some sort of spiritual gift to them if that was necessary though as he talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 they had had many gifts already but he was wanting to come to them and that his arrival and his presence there would be a benefit to them so whenever he uses that word grace there it's not grace in the same sense that that we often think of the grace that is involved in our salvation 
he is just simply using that as, as a term of that favor and that benefit that they would receive from him being there. Verse 16, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I, I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. So again, he kind of reiterates some of those plans that he stated in 1 Corinthians 16. That once he had gone through Macedonia and once he had gone through Asia, because if you remember in 1 Corinthians 16, he was writing from Ephesus, which is in Asia. And so once he had gone through Ephesus and he had gone into Macedonia, he wanted to go and see the Corinthians. And after he had seen the Corinthians, he wanted to go back through Macedonia and head back to Judea. And so his point there is in verse 17 and 18 is he's saying, was I vacillating? Was I going back and forth? Was I saying yes and no? Going back and forth and, and saying yes and no even at the same time. And just as Christ said in Matthew 5 and verse 37 to let our yes be yes and our no, no. And as James reiterates in James 5 and verse 12, that very same statement. As Christians, we are to live a life where our word means something, where our yes means yes and our no means no. And I think that's the, the aspect and part of Paul's character that some were questioning and some were, again, accusing him of not being true to his word. And he is saying, when I was making these plans, when I was laying out these plans in that first letter that I wrote to you, was I going back and forth? Was I saying that, yes, I wanted to come see you, and no, I didn't want to come to you? And his point is, of course not. He wanted to come see the Corinthians, but perhaps some things, some things kept him from coming. And as I mentioned, he, he's going to get into that more, especially in, uh, in chapter 2, those first four verses of chapter 2. But Paul here, defending himself, defending his character, and trying to, again, help the rest of the brethren in Corinth understand that, that he wasn't going back and forth, that he wanted to come see them. He wasn't saying yes and no at the same time. He was not going against his word. He wasn't breaking his word, but that some things were had come up, some, some things that he had thought about had come up, and, and he had decided to postpone, at least for a time, that trip to Corinth. And again, we'll get into that later. But we're going to stop right here with verse 18, and we'll start with verse 19 tomorrow. But thank you so much for your time and for your attention here today.